Welcome to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie, who both have one-year-old boys, and we are here to bring you all things real motherhood from A to Z. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother, and that is what we are both up and running and doing, or I should say trying to do every single day. So hello and welcome. Hi guys, this is Emma. Thank you so much for joining us for episode seven. Um, first, before we even get into today's episode, we're just going to say we are all still in the thick of this crazy coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever the heck this mess is that we are living through right now. So um, this will air pretty, just a couple of days probably after we record it. So everything's very recent. Um, so we hope everyone is hanging in there and doing their best. We know, especially for all you mamas at home, um, in varying circumstances, whether trying to work from home or have all your little ones at home. Um, it's hard. Um, I, I know it's not easy for you at McKinsey. So how are you doing? Okay. Yeah, doing okay. Just kind of hanging in there. I think my biggest worry now is just having my husband, be in the emergency room for work so that just kind of adds another layer but um yeah we're we're hanging in there you know we have a bit of a kind of a protocol we do have him you know changes out of the scrubs at work comes home takes a shower you know does all of that so we have we're doing the best we can and it's not practical for us to be elsewhere we you know we're a family we want to be here with him but uh but yeah i would say that we're hanging in there just uh, just kind of trying to take it day by day what about you guys oh we're good over here um we have dad working from home which is great and now you have two challenging <laughs> at the same time yeah now he comes home for lunch and he's like great where's my lunch and I'm like are you serious right now like you're you're not actually serious. he comes home he walks down the stairs and he goes hello wifey <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah actually what the hard part is I mean Owen really actually loves it a lot it's been really sweet to see them together more but it is hard because he comes down just to like refill his water and Owen wants to play and then when he has to go back upstairs I have to deal with the meltdown oh course. totally so yeah today my husband been, like a little hard. went into the restroom and and yeah. my son like lost his mind i'm like Hun, yeah. i'm right here <laughs> I'm yeah. like mom is yeah. here exactly i know mom, it's, it's sweet like, though. they're starting to bond more and more which yep. is really nice but at the same time i'm like wait a minute now i'm like chopped liver things i totally mom's toast <laughs> oh well I, I guess i'm not gonna cry that he's clinging on to somebody else's leg but mine for one so <laughs> that's true it's refreshing here. <laughs> Before we ramble too much, we're really excited. We have a guest today. So we have Tina Halpert on. She is a blogger, health and fitness influencer, I guess. Do you actually like that term, Tina? I mean, I don't mind it. I know influencers definitely get a bad rap, but I try not to be like those people like, I don't know, you know, out in the middle of the street trying to take photos of fashion or something <laughs> like that. I try to be as real as possible as an influencer. I was just going to say, just, do you wear your bikini in 90% of all photos? <laughs> no, 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 no. In the summer, you will see me in a bikini, but not in other months. <laughs> I mean, you're usually actually going to the beach or something, though. You're not, like, just standing yeah. outside of your house, you know, taking photos in your bikini. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't judge you if you were, so it's not, not no hanging on it. It's but. like that Instagram account. It's called Influencers in the Wild. Oh, that oh, one is oh, hilarious. I've seen that. So yeah, funny. Amazing. It's very funny. So, like, I get it. Like, I'm part of that crew, but I try not to be, like, you know, the special, special people that do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tina is known. I actually found her. Um, so, just a little backstory. Me and Tina have been working together for a couple of years. Um, 
I, I feel like a creepy stalker or something to say that I followed her blog for many, many years, but I did. She was back in kind of the old school blogging days. That was a lot of just like day in the life, health and fitness stuff. And so I found her blog and followed her. And then she got into some of the online nutrition world. And I actually reached out to her about working together. And so we done that in different capacities for the last couple of years but she is well known for her awesome blog carrots and cake um on there on instagram you can find her um and today we wanted to have her on because she just has a really interesting um personal health journey that led into motherhood and also just entrepreneurial life so just an all-around badass mother and so we're excited to talk with her but first we're going to jump into our normal highs and lows so Mackenzie, what about you what's been your high for the week so I would say my high for the week has been having an opportunity to have my husband at the house a little bit more because I mentioned obviously he's in the emergency room, but um, I, sh- I think I should start with the low, then the high will make a bit more sense. So my husband had a pretty serious family situation that took him um, out of town for, for several days and then he was back in town and in, in this period of being back in town, he needs a few days away from work and that's provided us with an opportunity to be together as a family in, in a way that we don't ever have unless he's on normally a vacation. So this is clearly not a vacation, obviously. It's a it's a pretty serious time for him. However, we're able to just really soak up the extra time with him around the house. So while it's the low, because I, I know that he's going through a challenging time right now and, and we're trying to be supportive and be there for him that way, of course, it's also provided us, yeah, with, with a chance to have dad around. So we just try to do one little simple activity like a family walk or cook a special meal or whatever each day um, together. And that's been, you mean that's y'all been really going nice. out and about on the town right now? Yeah, I would say we've put our salsa dancing shoes in the closet for a little while, oh, you know. Bummer. He is such a good dancer. That's disappointing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish I was a good dancer. Yeah, the only <laughs> only rhythm I would say is, is learning how to count four eights in pure bar. Other than that, it needs tequila. So. Well, that's better than me. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I'd say this week for me, my... Um, my I'll start with a low since that's the trend. Um, this is a pretty big low, but and I don't mean to sound light of it. Pretty sure. So my sister lives in New York City, and we are pretty sure her and her fiance have the coronavirus or COVID nineteen. You know, it's really, really rampant there. Uh, it's just bad, and they've done their due diligence. Um, practicing social distancing, but she was working in a public place up to about. I think it was like 10 days ago or something. So was he. And they are still going to the grocery store. They have a roommate that they also live with because New York City. And they don't know if they've been quite as responsible on the social distancing front. Mm. So they've had about two days worth of symptoms, thankfully mild, um, but definitely kind of in line with COVID-19. But they're young. They're she actually, she just turned 30. That's a big low. Her birthday present was apparently COVID-19. So that's a pretty oh, poor girl. Yes. But you know, they're doing okay. And like a lot of people, I try to remember that this is not nearly as severe for some people that are young and healthy as it is for others. So fingers crossed, she is all good. Um, that was depressing. But my high for the week, um, I actually am just going to go with dad being home. It has the first week was really, really hard we were kind of in each other's way um we just had to learn some new boundaries of wait this is me and owen's normal daily routine and now you're kind of jumping in and out of it and also he was in my physical space where i work during nap time and stuff so that was just a little bumpy the first week but this week we've really settled into a routine and it's actually funny we were chatting today how 
it's been really enjoyable. And I think it's actually going to be hard when things do go back to normal because mm. now I'm like, great, you can come watch him while I prepare lunch for everybody. Or, you know, he's even come down. I've been training a few clients online and he's come downstairs and watched him so I could do that. So we've kind of fallen into a routine. So it will actually be somewhat of a bummer, but not that not that big of a bummer. <laughs> I was going to say it's so nice when they can just kind of sw- swoop in because same here. Like my husband's like, oh, no problem. I'll get him up from his nap. You take the extra 30 minutes to do whatever you need to do. Exactly. And it's just so nice to have those like just little smidges of time when normally, you know, it's one thing to the next. Yeah, exactly. So how about you, Tina? What are your highs and lows for the week? So I'm going to start with a low too. <laughs> I just feel like the trend. Really low. Yeah. Um, but I think mine, oh man, this is going to be like so depressing. But I just like <laughs> random bouts of crying. And I don't know if this is like hit you guys, but like you just kind of realize like the magnitude of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It just like hits me out of the blue. And I think a lot of it is related to Quinn, my son, and just like he's in kindergarten. And I mean, like him not finishing the year, you know, as a kindergartner, like he's going to mm-hmm. have like a half year of kindergarten um, and like not seeing his friends and like his birthday is, you know, in June, like is he actually gonna have a birthday party, like just little things like that, that he's going to miss out on. Um, but yeah, just like random moments where, you know, we're mostly fine. I mean, like we're together, like it's not too crazy right where we are, but I mean, just, it just like hits me and I'm just like, this is going to affect life a lot. You know what I mean? Well, if it makes you feel better, we have both messaged each other with a lot of those moments. We've just had days where we're like, we're okay. Yeah. And days we're not okay. Well, even this morning I was telling Emma, like, I just feel like just really just tense and anxious and nothing specific occurred. It's just, there's just this overall, I mean, there's a cloud literal and figuratively that's just kind of hovering over all of us right now. It's very Mm -hmm. tough. And then just the news, like the more and more. Oh, so true. It's just like the economy and like, you know, we have an election this year and it's just like all that. I'm just like, it just, yeah, it hits me in waves where I'm just like, like, this is so overwhelming. And then I just have to like bring myself back to be like, we're okay. We're fine. Make the best of what we have going on here. But yeah, just those moments of just like, holy crap, what is happening right now? (sighs) Well, we feel you on that. What's been your high then for the week? (laughs) Let's flip this around. I know. Um, (laughs) So I think, it's just like the quality time, just like being with my husband and my son and the dog and just like having more quality time, like playing games together. Um, Quinn, my husband's a teacher, so he's home and he loves teaching Quinn. So just the two of them having some really good like bonding time and, you know, doing flashcards and reading and all that. Oh, um, nice. and Quinn just like learning more words every week and like starting to put words together um I don't know it's just been really cute seeing them together and I just yeah it's just it's just nice all three of us being home together yeah I think all that extra daddy and we all have sons so we have daddy Mm -hmm. and son time is kind of sweet to to watch them bond and I've loved seeing your Instagram y'all it seems like you come up with some creative stuff so I've seen some like look like ninja warrior indoor (laughs) games and stuff Yeah, I mean, he's an only child. So I mean, we're trying to keep him as entertained as possible. Um, Within reason, you know, obviously, we want him to play on his own and, you know, do his own thing at times. But yeah, we're we're trying to be as fun as possible for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Emma and I always say with with the boys, independent play is just such a beautiful thing. Don't make eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) When they're in the middle of it, don't look. Yeah, don't look. (laughs) Run away. 
All right. Well, thanks for sharing those, ladies. So um, I already shared a little bit of how kind of I got to know Tina. So all right, Tina, I will turn it over to you. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, yeah, how you kind of got started with your blog and um, where you have gotten to now with, with your online world. Yeah. So, I mean, I started the blog 13 years ago, 13 and a half years ago. Oh my gosh, you're an OG. <laughs> yeah, like I was one of the first like healthy living blogs, I guess, on the scene. Um, but I was engaged to be married and I wanted to shape up for my wedding day. Um, and at the time I had been reading a couple blogs online. There weren't too, too many, but I had, you know, a typical desk job, um, had some free time on my hands. So I was reading blogs. But I just wanted to get in shape and feel good for my wedding day. Um, and prior to that, I had like a big binder of like workouts and recipes, things I'd ripped out from magazines or printed off online. And I think just it all kind of came to me. I was like, oh, I should put this online all in one place as a blog, you know, like these other bloggers that are doing this. Um, and it really, it was a hundred percent for me. Like I did not expect anybody to read it. It's just, I wanted to be more organized, you know, just being that, you know, typical bride getting married, just like trying to have it together as much as possible. Um, and yeah, people started reading it. So, um, I initially started posting about, um, my, what I was eating for the day, you know, my workouts, recipes, things like that. But then I realized the more that I wrote about like the wedding planning and my everyday life, the more people responded. So then I just started sharing more and more of my life. Um, so then carrots and cake really just became a whatever was happening in my life. (laughs) Was that weird to adjust to like putting so much of your personal life on the interweb? Yeah, but you know what? Yes and no. I mean, it happened so authentically and slow. It's not like I went from like, you know, sharing bowls of oatmeal to like sharing my, you know, journey with colitis or anything like that. It was very just natural over the years. Um, So then, yeah, it just became easier and easier for me to share more and more. Um, And yeah, it just it just kind of grew from there. And I mean, it went from being just a little hobby to a part time job to my full time job. Um, so I did the blog, I'm still technically blogging, but I'm not the way I used to. I used to blog three times a day, which sounds crazy now, Um, but it was before the days of Instagram and Facebook and real social media. I think Twitter might've come out like a couple years after I started blogging. Um, but really I like, it was kind of like reality TV, just updating my blog about everything I was doing and people would come to my site, you know, multiple times a day to see what I was doing. Um, so it was just like a different time you know a different time for people to read blogs and whatnot it has Um, changed so much and it always makes me curious of you know I look at our kids and I think gosh what will they have by the time you know they're teenagers what were their social media and blogging I'm sure what we do now will be you know things of the past so it's interesting to see how quickly it changes and it's neat it's neat now Tina that your followers can have I guess that interactive experience with you through a platform like Instagram, right? So then there's stories, you can have multiple pictures in a slide, you can even do, I'm not sure if you use the live capacity, but I feel like it gives you an opportunity to really interact, just like it's like really, I mean, it's at the tip of your fingertips even. So that's nice. Yeah, it's definitely, it's changed the way I share content too. So I mean, is that a lot to keep up with though? Yes. And I, I mean, Emma probably knows this better than anybody, but <laughs> I, I was asking the question for a reason. <laughs> I take on a lot of things. So yes, I, a lot has changed over the years. But I mean, I think that's like anything like if you know, you just have to change with the times. And I mean, I realized that like people weren't reading blogs like they used to. They were on other, you know, modes of social media. Um, and 
I ended up turning my connections and relationship. I would get people all the time asking me for nutrition advice and fitness advice and things like that. Um, so then I started the whole nutrition coaching and um, I had a different business back in the day. That's actually how I met Emma, um, but have gone off and done this nutrition coaching and that has become more of my full-time job. And I've not to say that I've left the blog behind, but I'm focused more on that just because people, you know, they're asking for different things. You know, people want my quote unquote expertise, you know, elsewhere. Um, and it's just, it's just things have changed and I think I've changed along with it. So um, now I'm spending more of my time working on the nutrition coaching um, and fitness programs um, and more on Instagram and Facebook than I am the blog nowadays. So things have just changed. They've just, you know, morphed into something else. But it's well, been 13 years. You would hope it would change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good because it also allows you to somewhat at times reinvent yourself with how you change because you're not going to be static either. So, you know, it allows you to switch and decide what you feel more passionate about and roll with it. So. Yeah, yeah. And just my life, too. I mean, where I was when I started, you know, I was, you know, engaged, you know, in my late 20s. And now, you know, I'm going to be 40 in a couple months. And I mean, you know, my life is totally different. You know, I'm married. I have a kid. I have a house, you know, like yeah. just life is totally different. Well, speaking of kids, so you have one son, Quinn, and he is six, correct? Almost six. He'll be six in June. Oh, so sweet. So did you always picture yourself as a mother? Was that something Were you one of those people from the time you were a little girl, you knew you wanted to be a mom? Or, or how did that kind of happen for you? No, it's actually kind of funny. I really didn't think I was going to be a mom. I mean, I think like, maybe deep down, yes. But like, just where my life was, I was like, I don't know if kids are in the cards for me. And my husband was kind of the same way. He was like, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, I'm cool with that, too. You know, we were very on the fence. Mm -hmm. um, and we were married um, like six years before we had Quinn. And I mean, we had been together, you know, I think 11 at that point. So we've been together oh, wow. a while before we actually made the decision. Um, and I think it really came down to a few different reasons. Because like I said, we were kind of sitting on the fence for a while. We well, like, don't oh, feel bad. Yeah. Me and my husband agreed we would not have kids when we got married. And, you know, a couple of years later, that changed. So we were kind of similar, but... <laughs> Yeah, it changes. And I mean, it's just, it's funny. And like, I don't know if it was, it definitely was a few different factors, but we were also the first out of our friends to get married. Um, so it wasn't like there was like any, we just didn't have kids around us. You know what I mean? It's not like all our friends were having kids. So we we're like, oh, maybe it's fun for us too. Like yeah. all of our friends were not married or getting married. I don't know. We were like the young ones getting married, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So what was kind of the impetus that made y'all decide, well, maybe we'll, we'll give this a go. So it was a couple things. So one was some of our really good friends, like we spent all our time with them. Um, they we had kind of like a little heart to heart, you know, one night with them. And they said that they had been trying for a couple of years and they were having a lot of trouble getting pregnant. Um, and they were going to go through, you know, fertility treatments and things like that. And I think it, we just kind of realized we we're like, oh, maybe this is going to be harder than we thought. You know, we just figured I'd get pregnant, you know. Um, and then also my sister, um, announced that she was pregnant and she's, um, 15 months younger than me and growing up, I just like had the best relationship with my cousins. So I knew if I was ever going to have kids, I wanted them to be similar age to my sister's kids. Um, so in my head I was like, well, my sister's pregnant. Maybe we should start thinking about this. And then, you know, considering our friends who are having trouble, I was like, this might take longer than we thought. Um, so it was kind of those two things that I was like, all right, it's time to at least start talking about this. 
and also um, I have ulcerative colitis and I was pretty sick at that point. So it was like another factor, like, can I even get pregnant? Am I too sick to get pregnant? So tell um, us about that health journey and that diagnosis and what that looked like leading up to um, trying to get pregnant. Yeah. So that, that was <laughs> a big part of um, the blog too, you know, just the natural sharing because um, to me at the time it came out of nowhere, but now that I know so much about UC and you know how it develops, I, I was, I'm like the poster child for it, but um, I just had a, had, you know, GI issues. I was having, I mean, if you guys want to have a You can TMI be as TMI. <laughs> we have shared lots of things. Hashtag oh, nipple pain. Yeah, there literally is not an episode where I don't discuss my nipple pain. So it's fine. <laughs> um, but basically, I just, I was having GI issues. I was having diarrhea, you know, things like that. And then I started seeing blood and mucus in my stool. Um, and it wasn't going away. Like it was going on for like a couple of weeks. And it just got worse and worse. Um, so I went to my doctor, referred to a GI doctor and it all happened pretty quick. You know, I was right in for, um, testing and they were just like, you have ulcerative colitis. And I, at that point I was just like, wow, okay. Like I had no clue that it was going to be such a big part of my life. I just thought I got sick. I'd take some medicine. I'd get better. I didn't realize it was a chronic autoimmune disease. Um, so that was a big deal, especially because I identified with being this like healthy living blogger and I was so healthy up until that point. Um, so that was that was a big change in my life. For so sure. do they know, I don't know as much about it, do they know um, what causes it? Is it genetic at all or is it just, you know? There, Yeah, there's a lot of different theories and things that contribute to it. Um, genetics, genetics is definitely one of them for sure. Um, unfortunately for me, <laughs> nobody in my family has it. Nobody mm -hmm. even has autoimmune diseases in my family. So I always say I got lucky to that yeah. sense. Um, but a history of antibiotics use, history of oral contraceptives, um, any sort of like gut dysbiosis. So, you know, eating a lot of gluten or dairy or anything that kind of like destroys your gut or just makes it unhealthy. Um, stress is obviously a trigger. I think personally it was all those things um, and then some stress. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like the perfect cocktail for, you know, an yeah, autoimmune condition. Storm. Yeah. So when y'all decided to get pregnant, you said this was fairly flared up at that moment? Yeah. So at that point, I think it had been close to five years of being in a flare and I just couldn't get better. I had tried all the over-the-counter, not over-the-counter, but prescription pills and things like that. Um, the only thing that kept me in remission or put me in remission with steroids, like prednisone and stuff like that. But you can't stay on that long term. It's just not good for your body. So my doctor had been pushing me to try biologics. Um, and those are like intravenous drugs. They are, you know, same family as chemotherapy. They're just a little bit, a lot more hardcore. I don't want to say a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, a lot more hardcore. And I just, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. I didn't want to do that, but I was really sick. Like my inflammation levels were like through the roof. I was going to the bathroom like, I don't know, five to 10 times a day, seeing blood, having cramping. Like I was a mess. I don't know why I was so against it. Like looking back, I was like, that was so dumb. <laughs> so what was um, there? Was there any risk to getting pregnant? Um, yeah, I mean, you're technically, I mean, doctors would say you need to be in remission before you get pregnant just because if you're in a flare, your body is not nourishing a baby properly. You know what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. so many, so much of your body is like messed up um, that taking care of a baby or, you know, having a healthy pregnancy could be at risk. I and mean, you could be at risk too, you know, trying to um, maintain your pre pregnancy. 
Um, but I got lucky in the sense I got pregnant very quickly. It was kind of a surprise to us. And once I got pregnant, all of my symptoms started going away. It was crazy. So Wow. So did you have a good pregnancy, I guess? Yeah. I went into total remission. I think I was in remission probably eight months. Um, well, I guess nine months out of the 10 months or whatever <laughs> for the actual pregnancy. Um, and yeah, I was totally healthy. You know, I did CrossFit through the whole thing. I ran like no issues during my pregnancy. Um, but then right before I went into labor, I started having some flare symptoms. So um, I was put back on steroids and that just kept me okay until I delivered. So Okay. And did um, yeah, you have a fairly easy delivery? Everything? No major complications? Um, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary. I mean, um, I went into labor. Um, my water didn't break, but or no, my water broke, but it wasn't having any contractions. So I was at the hospital just hanging out forever, like nothing was going on. So um, they ended up inducing me. Um, had a fairly, you know, uneventful, well, <laughs> you know. That's nothing um, to complain labor. about, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, had the epidural, just was a lot of waiting. Um, I did push for almost four hours, so that was something. Wow. But, um, yeah, healthy baby. Um, it was pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty uneventful. I always say that. I'm like, it was uneventful in the sense that, like, nothing crazy happened. I think it's easy to say that after the fact because I feel the yeah. same. I'm like, but in the moment, it was pretty eventful, even, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> but um, so what What was your health like postpartum? What What changed and what was you, your physical and mental state? Because that's a lot to go through. Um, balancing UC and motherhood. So what was that journey like for you? So, yeah, post-labor, I was a disaster, um, obviously, because I just had a baby. But then all the UC symptoms came back 10 times worse. Um, like really bad. Um, they ended up, I ended up going on like a super high dose of steroids, um, which as you can imagine with a newborn, like I was all amped up from these drugs because steroids just make you, you know, kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Yeah. I've been on so, them before. <laughs> yeah. They're terrible, but a combination of being on a super high dose of steroids, you know, having a newborn, getting up in the middle of the night, um, just being kind of like a stressed out new mom too. Cause I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like I didn't you know, have little kids, you know, growing up or wasn't around them. I didn't babysit. I was very like much a newbie to this whole mother thing. Um, so I was a mess and I kind of joked that my husband like kept me alive during this time because I was so sick. Like I was going to the bathroom probably 20 times a day, like trying to take care of a newborn. Just, I was a mess. It was really 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 tough like I just and I was just gonna say other than the the prescription drugs that they could provide you with there was no other I guess solution in in terms of the the postpartum period that they could offer it was just a matter of trying to get your body to calm down prior to having or or, or I should say get get the flare to calm down mm -hmm. so I could have gone on bi biologics and that's what my doctor and my husband were pushing me to do, um, but I was breastfeeding at the time. So I was just, mm. I just felt kind of weird about it. Um, and eventually I just got so sick. My doctor was like, I'm admitting you to the hospital today, or you are going to go on Remicade tomorrow, which is a biologic. Mm. So he kind of gave me an ultimatum because I just got to a point where like, I was like, I, I couldn't function. I just really couldn't function. It was just such a bad time in my life. So I ended up going on biologics. Um, and they got me better, but I was never a hundred percent on them. 
Um, but I stopped breastfeeding after that just because I just felt so weird about having this like, you know, chemotherapy type drug running through my body and then feeding my baby. So was that um, hard for you to, to stop or? Yeah, I was really upset by that. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of, you know, pressure in, I mean, me and Mackenzie both are still breastfeeding, but um, I think there's obviously a lot of pressure to, to do so. And for you with having health complications, yeah, that's a yeah, whole different ballgame. I felt so bad. I just felt bad. I just felt like I was like letting him down, like letting Quinn down. Um, but, you know, we had, I'd stockpiled a bunch of breast milk, so we had a decent amount. And then he, you know, was on formula the rest of the time, which is obviously there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he had it pretty much since the beginning because of, you know, different feeding situations and things like that. But I just wanted to be able to, you know, nurse him and it just, I couldn't. So, so how, good about it. yeah. How long did it take you to kind of get your, um, UC into remission post having, having Quinn? Well, I mean, technically, uh, it was a few more years yeah. uh, before I was really healthy. I was on Remicade for, I want to say a year, maybe a little bit longer. And like I said, it got me to like 75% better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the side effects of those drugs are just terrible. So I started um, getting swollen lymph, node, lymph nodes on my neck and head and stuff like that. And the drug was just not working. Like my symptoms were coming back so much worse. Um, so my doctor put me on another biologic, which is new, it was brand new, it's called Intivio. And I've been on that for a few years now, and I've mostly been in remission, knock on wood. So um, it was a journey. It was a journey to get where I am now. So during this time, obviously, your blogging, your business is centered around health and fitness and nutrition, um, and you put so much of that on it. So how has your fitness and nutrition changed going through UC? Um, have you had to make big adjustments? What is what's that kind of journey look like? Well, that's the interesting thing about the blog is that I shared like all the different things I tried <laughs> over the years. <laughs> so all the different diets, all the different, you know, supplements and like crazy things. So I've like really tried it all. Um, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm just doing my own thing. You know what I mean? I've I've tried all the diets and I've tried all because there's a lot of people that say you can like heal this through dietary change by cutting this is, you know, have you ever found any major improvement doing so? Um, I mean, I think like the obvious culprits of like nixed for my diet and that has made a difference. So, you know, no gluten, no dairy, no corn, no soy, um, try to stay away from processed things. Um, but at the same time, I'm very carrots and cake. So, I mean, every once in a while I'll have, you know, some ice cream or I'll have, I don't know, some Doritos or something like that. But for the most part, like I do try to eat very healthy. Um, but I don't stress out about it like I used to because I have done so many crazy diets over the years and I would be so strict and I would just stress myself out so much mentally about what I was eating or not eating that I just think it was so bad for me. You know what I mean? Just like the mental stress of it probably didn't help my physical symptoms. So now I'm a lot more chill about what I eat, but still, you know, keeping some of those things in mind. It's just the mental stress isn't there anymore, which I think is huge. Uh, me and Mackenzie have definitely shared a lot about that for ourselves on previous podcasts. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it can be so all-consuming when you start putting up any any type of restrictions. And sometimes I understand it's necessary. Like I know Emma right now has to be dairy-free for Owen. And that's like an important, obviously it's important that she stays within that parameter for now. But at the same time, you know, once that is no longer necessary for her to be that way for him, it'll be, you know, like she'll be able to 
be open to having, you know, dairy again. And that's, it's just so nice to be able to have more flexibility. Yes, for sure. For sure. And I think, yeah, just the mental part of it and like the idea of, you know, quote unquote, being perfect with your diet. And for me, you know, obviously, you know, ulcerative colitis was the ultimate, you know, catalyst for all this, but just that idea of being perfect. Um, I don't know. I've just thrown it out the window. I'm just like, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> just want to be happy at this point. But um, yeah. And how has your fitness changed? Because I know you've gone through, you know, marathon running and heavy CrossFit. And I know you've, you've kind of shared along your blog that you've had to calm down on a lot of that because that physical stress is a stress and it's not always positive stress. So what does that look like for you? And has that been hard to kind of accept, I guess? Uh, yes, very much so. And I mean, if, you know, on the blog, <laughs> I did it all. Like you said, I ran marathons, I did CrossFit. Um, and I think at my thickest, I was still doing those things pretty hardcore and not really letting up. Um, and looking back, I really should have given my body a break. But at the time, it's almost like I needed those things to feel somewhat healthy and normal. Um, just to be just to remind myself that I could still do those things because you know, my life, my health was kind of like falling apart. So it made me feel really good to be able to go to CrossFit and lift heavy weights or, you know, run a half marathon or whatever it was. But looking back, I should not have been doing that stuff. Um, and nowadays, I'm a lot more low key with my workouts. I do not run long distance anymore. Um, I don't CrossFit technically. Um, right now, I mean, I do some of those types of workouts every now and again, but not at the same intensity that I do. I don't I think anybody's doing much CrossFit right now since we're all locked <laughs> in our houses. So. Yeah, but really, I'm just strength training and walking, and that's okay. pretty much it. So I just have taken it down a ton. So Tina, even in in and out of, for example, a flare or whatever, with with regards to your exercise, did you ever find that any certain type of exercise or any certain I should say movement was beneficial or was it more just a matter of like, I guess in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, was there, is there any connection between what you're doing physically with your body and then what's happening internally or, or was it just more that your, your body is just experiencing what it's experiencing internally. And then it's just a matter of, do you have the energy or, or, or whatnot to, you know, was there anything that you found that was beneficial or anything that made it worse? So that is a great question. And I think I just ignored what was happening to be honest mm -hmm. because i was very sick for a long time and i mean when i was on remicade the first biologic i was training for a marathon and i remember talking to my doctor about it and you know we were talking about how it wasn't working and like will it work you know all those questions and he was like you know what most of our patients don't run marathons you know it was very very like you shouldn't be doing this you're stressing mm. out your body very very much and i mean knowing what i know now like i mean when you're doing high intensity exercise, especially for hours at a time, if you're like training for a marathon, um, your cortisol levels, your stress levels, they're through the roof. Um, so I mean, I was not helping my situation at all. But like I said, I just kind of ignored it. I was like, I'm healthy enough to work out. So I'm going to do it. It's going to make me feel good. Um, and yeah, looking back, I, I definitely did not help my situation. I really do kind of think I made myself worse. Do you feel like having the blog and feeling like you, you know, part of your job, you know, realistically is to put out these, you know, being motivational and showing people what all you're doing. Do you think that also had an impact on your kind of decision that it was harder to lay off some of the exercise and ignore those symptoms because you are a role model? Yes, a hundred percent. And I think mm, it's a good question. now <laughs> at almost 40, I'm <laughs> kind of accepting that I'm like, this doesn't have to be your identity. 
Um, it can be part of like who you are, but like you are not, this person needs to crush workouts all the time. So I think finally now it's like making sense to me, but this is the most I have ever laid off exercises in my entire life. I laid off in the sense that I'm not doing any high intensity training. Um, so I went through, I haven't really shared this. I might share it soon on the blog or Instagram, hmm. but I went through a very stressful time, um, earlier this year, end of last year, just, I was writing a book. I had tons of one-on-one clients. I had a group, um, nutrition group. Um, I was in a uh, nutrition program and then I was also doing orange theory on top of it. Um, so the combination of all these things just like sent me into a tailspin and my body was just so not happy. Um, but really just, I went to this place of just, I don't know, just killing my body, you know, with all the different things. But I'm just thinking with like the high intensity training at Orange Theory, it just like put me over the edge. Um, and after that, I was like, I'm done. So it's only been probably a couple months of me just strength training and walking and being a lot kinder to my body. But I've already noticed difference as far as um, I'm sleeping like so much better. Um, knock on wood, my UC symptoms have been totally in remission, knock on wood, I'm like so nervous every time I say it. Um, I've lost some weight. So I mean, like all these things are kind of coming together now. But I mean, it's taken me, you know, like nine or 10 years since I was diagnosed um, to finally like come to terms with all of this. That's interesting hearing you say that because this is something that Emma and I have talked about too, especially when we were discussing our experiences with hypothalamic amenorrhea and how it feels like it's a lot to let go of because your identity can often be so you know, wrapped up into fitness and exercise. And obviously for Emma, it's career. For me, it's a, it's a side job I do teaching Pure Bar, but you can be very, you know, caught up in that. Like you are the quote unquote fit girl or, you know, you're athletic or, oh, you know, you're the one who bounced back after the baby, if, if you will. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure there. And sometimes it's challenging to separate yourself from that and say, well, yes, I do enjoy being athletic. Yes, it's important to me to take care of my body, but I'm a little bit more than just you know, that title, I guess it's, it, it can be challenging. And I imagine even more so for you because it really was on a much more public level than I feel like a lot of people encounter. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And I mean, I also have that personality, like the achiever per personality where like I need to do things and accomplish things. So like not being able to like go to a CrossFit workout and crush it or not being able to run, you know, a 10 K or whatever it was just like weighed on me so much. It just like mattered so much. And I don't know, I'm finally at the point where now I'm like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, um, is, so. it is funny being in the middle of this whole coronavirus thing. I do think, oh, thank goodness this is going on now and not five years ago when I was in mm. such a like, I have to work out, I have to work out, mm -hmm. I have to do these things because I would be an insane person. And it sounds like you're kind of in that same position that it would have been much, much harder a few years ago just to sit with the fact that our fitness can't be in, a, in our control as much as we'd like right now. Oh, yeah. so I would have been doing like 60 minute like CrossFit workouts, like crushing my body just to like get a sweat on. And now I'm like, eh, just walk around the block a few times just to get outside. I was yeah. just going to say a great point, Emma. My workout for today was my husband was hanging out with the baby. And so I got to take a little solo walk and I literally just was, you know, it was a meandering, if you will, just getting outside, breathing fresh air. And like that to me felt like just a wonderful break as opposed to just like you said, Tina, like, oh, I've got to do this video and then this thing. And, you know, it's, it is in a way really nice to give yourself permission just to listen in a little bit more, even if you still want the movement, but try to find the, 
you know, the, the balance there, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So after having you see, has that had any impact? I know you just have, you have one son. And has that had any impact on your decision to have more children? Because you've kind of spoken about that on your blog, um, how that's been. You've gotten some some feedback or a lot of questions because everybody's nosy and wants to know. I mean, goodness, you know, I remember when Owen was six weeks old, I had people going, so when's number two? And it's oh, like, oh my gosh. By people, so. by people do you mean your in-laws and your parents? Yes. Because that's oh. what I experienced. Oh my gosh. Everybody, well, even now they're like, so when's he going to get a sibling? I'm like, hmm. I know my dad the other day was like, my boob. Thanks. My dad the other day was like, you're still breastfeeding? Like, and I'm like, okay, dad. Cause I know that the next question is, but if you're still breastfeeding, can you have another child? And I'm like, yeah. we're not going to even go there. Thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> so has having UC had an impact or what's been some of that decision process since you've had so many people ask questions about it? Uh, yes, for sure. I mean, the que- I had so many questions. Like it was like, almost like every day somebody would ask me a question. But um, yeah, so the UC for sure, just because I was so sick for so long and then just being on those drugs, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And then the older Quinn got, the more I realized I was like, this is pretty nice, you know, just having one kid. And um, my husband is very much the type of person who likes to have a simple life. I mean, he's a teacher, you know, he like likes having summers off, you know, he just has this very, I want life to be simple. Um, so we just kept talking about it and we're like adding another kid, you know, add this another layer to things, make things more complicated. Um, and then we also really like to travel and I mean, maybe it's just selfish, selfish of us, but we were like, it's going to be twice as expensive to travel with two kids. You know what I mean? So we just started seeing all the great things about having one kid and then Quinn, I don't know, then he was three, then he was four and then he was five. And we just kind of got to this point where we're just like, we're not having another one. You know what I mean? We're just happy the way that life is. But I mean, I think the UC stuff is really just trying to get me to a healthy place was really, really hard. Um, So it just I just didn't feel like my body was ready for it. So as an entrepreneur, and you know, for you, someone who has put out so much of their personal life from the point you were engaged to now having an almost six year old. um, How is your, you know, attitude about what you are willing to share on social media changed now that you've had a child? Because I know, you know, Mackenzie and I have already talked about a little bit just between the two of us, how much of our child's life do we want to put on social media? What are we comfortable with? What are we not? So has that changed as social media has changed over the years for you? Yes, for sure. Huge. And I remember when Quinn was first born, I was very on the fence about whether I was going to share or not. But then it was at that point in blogging where I shared so much that it would be, I don't know, I just felt weird, like cutting it off. You know what I mean? Just not sharing anything about him because I had shared my whole pregnancy. Well, when you're, they're a baby, it's impossible that it is your life. You know, you can't really Mm -hmm, separate mm -hmm. the two. Exactly. Yep. So in the beginning, he was on the blog a lot. And honestly, looking back, I'm so glad that I have those posts. Um, Just to remember those early days. I mean, early days of being a mom, a mom, like mom, like mom, like it was nice to have like a lot of it documented. Um, And then the older that he's become and the less time that I've put into the blog or, you know, less blog posts and things like that. He's less and less on the blog and he's on social media, but it's not the way that I used to share. I used to share like a lot about um, just more personal stuff on there. And now it's more just us having fun as a family or, you know, him outside playing. It's a lot more, I don't know, kind of like superficial stuff as far as sharing him. Um, So I don't get too much into the details of his life anymore, but obviously he's a big part of my life. It's just 
he got to kindergarten and I was like, you know what, he has his own friends, he has his own little life and like, I just feel weird sharing it now. So I, I kind of pick and choose what I put out into the world now. Before you know it, he'll have his own Instagram page. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a lot more, I don't know. I don't know. I just try to shelter him a little bit more now. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Yep. All right. Well, we wanted to um, just do a little fun quick fire round just so we can get to know you a little bit more and just because they're amusing. So, um, Mackenzie, why, why don't all three of us jump in? We'll do I, I, it's not going to be quick fire because let's be real. <laughs> answering. But let's do it anyway, just for kicks and giggles. So, all right. We'll start with Tina answering the Mackenzie than me. So, Tina, would you rather text or talk on the phone? Um, talk. <laughs> Me too. Me too, talk. On WhatsApp? Can we put WhatsApp in there? Talk on WhatsApp? That's fair enough. See, I'm the opposite. Text me. When my phone rings, I'm like, why is somebody calling? But you always answer my calls, though, so thank you, Emma. I do. You take my calls. Only people I like. (laughs) That says a lot. lot. (laughs) Um, All right, Tina, favorite day of the week? Oh, Friday. Easy. Saturday. Saturday? Yeah, I'd say Saturday. Yeah. All right. Would you rather do you sleep snuggled up or are you like back off? Ooh, kind of depends on my mood. Um, probably back off. I kind of like my space. <laughs> oh, I am so back off. Like if we didn't have a king size bed, like it would be rough. Oh, nope. see, we totally fall asleep snuggled up, but <gasps> oh, like the after notebook. about twenty minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, after twenty I know, minutes, okay, I know, we do. We we spoon every night going to bed. We're so sweet. <laughs> Um, yeah, nobody wants to hear that. Okay. What is your least favorite uh, household chore thing to clean? Oh, I hate cleaning the tub. I don't know why. It just like grosses me out. Not that our tub is that gross. I just don't like cleaning the tub. Just like bending over and like, I don't know. It's awkward. It's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go with just the floors. Like, I don't mind the sweeping, but when you have to get the mop out and then it drips and then it just, it feels like such a hassle. So, the, like, the floor. Yeah. The, Actually, the I'll pick both of my, yeah, yeah those are both my two least favorite things, the tub and the floors. In fact, that's usually husband's job, so thankfully he'll do so. All right, favorite friend's character? Um, uh, I'd have to say Joey. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> yeah, um, let's see here. I would, I, I think Ross, like, he just makes me laugh. Like, his innocence is just... Yeah. The innocence is what reminds me of a childlike quality, and I just think that's fabulous. <laughs> I like Ross, too. I don't, know I don't know why I've always liked Chandler. I think I just like Matthew Perry, but who knows? <laughs> um, first celebrity crush. Did you have any posters hanging on your wall? Oh, my gosh, Tina, you better not take mine. <laughs> um, Ralph Macchio from Karate Kid. Oh. I know. I'm oh, a little my God. Bit older, but I was yeah, just, like, yeah, I was like, you have a couple years on us, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was telling Quinn about it because we watched the the new Karate Kid, which was like really cute with um, Will Smith's son in it. It was very cute, but I told Mal, my husband, that my first crush was Ralph Macchio, and he just looked at me like I was crazy. He knew who he was, but he was just like, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> I loved him. Karate Kid. Karate Kid, cool. Mine is a is a tie between Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh I had both of those two. Obviously, we're like right at the same <laughs> yep. age. So maybe, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think I had JTT posters all over my wall. So, so funny. Which is just weird. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite guilty pleasure TV show? Um, so I loved Love is Blind. I was totally into that. But I think my go-to forever is Real Housewives. I just love them. They're just so nuts. They like just don't care. You know what I mean? I just think that's so fun and refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. It is, it is pretty funny. Um, let's see here. I watch a couple um, French uh, ones that are actually on Netflix. One of them uh, is is in is available with English subtitles and also English soundtrack. I think it's called Call My Agent, and uh, that one's pretty funny and it's just kind of silly. And same another French one um, that's also again subtitles and all that is called The Hookup Plan. These are the obviously the English titles for them, and those are both just fun and they're the perfect thing to just throw on if you have thirty minutes. So those would be my two. Ugh, I was trying to think of a recent one. I don't watch enough TV these days. I mean, I watch a lot of bad TV, but um, I don't know. Back in the day, I was obsessed with like the Laguna Beach. Oh, I did a little bit of that too. Next one, the Hills. Yeah, I haven't watched the new one because I just can't handle it. But uh, those were ones that I mean, I'd, I'd still turn it on in the background if it came on now. So, um, what's a movie you could watch over and over? Uh, I love Pretty Woman. Oh, it's such a good one. Good one. Yeah, it's a good go-to. It's a good one. Um, let's see. I love the movie The Man from Snowy River. Maybe, many people haven't heard of it. I've but heard of <laughs> We're like crickets. I was just going to say crickets. We, my sis, it was my sister and I's favorite movie growing up. And when she was in town visiting us in Rhode Island, this is a few years back, she and I made my husband sit down on the couch and watch it with us. And at the end of it, we were both like enamored. Like, wasn't that so great? He was like... Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of give us that look like, thanks for the 90 minutes. I'll never get back. But anyways, I love it. <laughs> mm. I think I love 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, oh was, that's like, a good one, too. In high school or something. And yeah, that's just one I could always like turn on. Poor Heath Ledger. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Last ones. Let's do some quick foodie ones. Um, sweet or savory breakfast? Uh kind of bold i would initially say sweet but nowadays i'm more into the savory just because i know it fills me up more <laughs> mm. Mm, that's valid it, it definitely can be certainly more filling if you have like some of the eggs in there um but i'm gonna go with sweet but although it's never like too, i don't like add sugar to it per se but it's just kind of oatmeal berries nut butter a little bit of granola on top maybe a scoop of plain yogurt that's kind of my jam mm. i'll go with savory lately i've been into some like avocado egg toast kind of deal so um thanksgiving or christmas i'm christmas i do love thanksgiving but christmas always it's so fun yeah christmas yep same um favorite halloween candy oh i love almond joys that's always my favorite and people don't really like them so i'm just like give them all to me i was gonna say you can have mine um yeah. Reese's Reese's peanut butter cups and it's so silly that I actually like if I had one in front of me right now I'd be like mmm that looks delicious when it's like we have all these amazing dark chocolate like Justin's peanut butter cups or the Trader Joe's dark chocolate ones I mean those are to be honest amazing and probably much better for you there's just, there's just something about the Reese's that I just love whatever they do with that peanut butter it's naughty and I like it well in the pumpkins and the Easter ones <gasps> yes. always have more yeah, peanut butter girl, in the middle so girl. Better. This is this yeah. is this is why this is why we connect yeah. because of comments like that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's see. Favorite childhood junk food? Was there ever any weird uh, junk food you ate as a kid? I loved all the junk food. Um, Little Debbie snacks. I just mm, I'm going to go with Pop-Tarts. I mean, those are my mom. My mom tried to like, you know, fool us and she would buy the ones without frosting. We were not fooled. 
<laughs> what flavor did you eat? Blueberry. Oh, see, I grew up eating them. I was actually going to say Pop Tarts too, but I was a s'mores kid. I had them oh, for those breakfast. Oh, those are good. S'mores are good in high school. Yeah, breakfast of champions. Definitely <laughs> fu- fu- fueling your um, your young mind. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Well, it worked when I was you know fifteen. But all right, last, all right, last one. Number of days you will still eat leftovers out of the fridge. Uh, depends what it is, but I would say maybe like four or five days. I definitely wouldn't go out past that. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If it's growing stuff on, yeah, if it starts to have a smell to it, oh, I'm with you on the four or five. I used to be a little bit worse about it. I'd be like a couple of days, be like, yeah, I'll just toss it. I haven't eaten it yet. But my husband's been like, that's wasteful. It's still just as good. It's been kept at the same temperature, you know, blah 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 blah. So he's right. So um, I definitely would say, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like anywhere between three and five, depending on what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do the same. We usually like prep a bunch of stuff on Sundays. And so Thursday is kind of my like, okay, this has to be eaten and or it, it needs to go. So anyway, well, thank you so much. That was fun. So Tina, tell us, uh, yeah, where we can find you online. So I'm at carrotsandcake.com. So it's carrots, the letter N and the cake.com. Um, same on Instagram, Facebook. And I have a workout program coming out on April 7th. Um, it's awesome i've been demoing or been uh doing some of the workouts Um, yeah they're awesome uh six weeks all at home workout i was just gonna ask i was just gonna say is this a home workout (laughs) yep yep minimal equipment just two sets of dumbbells and the workouts are probably like 30 to 40 minutes oh awesome there's optional finishers so if you want a little more you can add it um, if you don't, you don't. But um, yeah, it's awesome. I've been working on this for months. I'm very excited for it to go live and big days coming up. What is your uh, recommended weight on those dumbbells? I think it definitely depends. So light, I would say anywhere from like 8 to 15 and then heavy, probably like 15 to 35. I mean, cool. heavier if you can Just, do heavier, but. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're excited for that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much again for joining. Yeah. Us. Thank you so much for having me. It was very fun. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tina. It was wonderful to spend a little time getting to know you and hear a little bit more about your story and have a chance to just learn a little more about somebody who's really been in this business and working with others in terms of fitness and health and what it means to be a mother and how all that relates together for for quite some time now. So we really appreciate your time. And we just ask all of you, if you don't mind heading over to iTunes and subscribe, we love for you to be up to date when our new episodes come out. And please take a couple minutes to rate and review us. I know, I know we ask every week, but it makes such a huge difference in helping people discover a little bit more about our podcast. So hopefully they can connect on one of our episodes. So next up, and then I will be chatting about some of our favorite things as new mamas, and we look forward to that. But we just ask everyone to please stay home, stay safe, take care of your loved ones. And again, a big thank you to you, Tina, for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Good good to chat with you guys. All All right. Thanks so much, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.